Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to let you guys know that it has taken quite a while to get this out, which is kind of why some of the information is a little dated on it. Some of the stuff has changed. Uh, really, this first episode is just being used as a pilot to get the audio levels and all the production stuff figured out so we can be tip-top shape going forward. That said, I hope you guys do enjoy some of our speculation. Let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Can of Leipzig podcast. And it is a big day for Rosenballsport Leipzig. Uh, we're actually recording this about three hours after the news has broke. This is breaking news, which doesn't really happen on podcasts very often. Uh, Ralph Hasenhudel and Rosenballsport Leipzig have made an agreement. Hasenhudel is going to be leaving the club with immediate effect. Uh, initially, me and my co-host for the day, uh, we're going to be talking about Nabi Keita and the World Cup, and that's about it. But with the news that Hasenhudel has left, it's kind of opened things up. And as I mentioned, I do have a co-host today, a new guest host for this episode at least, and it is my good friend Ethan. Ethan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. It's been a big day for Leipzig, I guess. I mean... Uh... <laughs> a big nerve-wracking day. <laughs> <laughs> And on this fine inaugural day for the pod, I'm I'm here with the summer edition Red Bull. Uh, not sponsored, by the way. We're the, probably the only thing RB Leipzig related that is not sponsored by Red Bull. Uh, but yeah, the Red Bull summer edition coconut berry doesn't sound great, but let's let's see if we can get some some ASMR going here. Let's see how this is. Uh -oh. oh, that was good. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a shot and see see what it's like. I haven't had this one before, which is impressive because I'm a fiend for Red Bull. Uh, it's too sugary. Ooh, that is really coconutty, and that is not a great thing for me. Oof, that's it's more coconut than berry. I'm gonna finish it because I paid like two dollars for it, but yeah, not not your finest work, Red Bull. Just calling them out already. And <laughs> Ethan, I hear you. You have an interesting drink of choice as well today. Not quite a Red Bull, but uh, it's red. I mean, if that counts, <laughs> it's it's only the finest Ribena. Wow, <laughs> impressive stuff. Sugar-free Ribena. <laughs> Anyways, back to the topic at hand. There is big news today in that Ralph Hasenhutl has left RB Leipzig. Uh, the news has broke so recently that there really isn't major speculation sourced from the club or anything of that effect. Uh, talking about potential hires, potential replacements for Haas and Hoodle. Of course, the silly season has started a little bit early probably this season. I mean, this, the Bundesliga season has only ended, what, three days ago, and already you know, Stuttgart are signing four players in a day. Haas and Hoodle is leaving. Obviously, Nabi Keita is on his way to Liverpool by now. Uh, so there's been big changes just to start off the bat, and when I heard this news, I immediately started thinking, you know, who is a potential replacement for Hasenhutl? Because there had been speculation that he was going to leave for a while, so I think a lot of people have been thinking about it, but there's been a lot of changes recently. Um, 
in the coaching market and who's available, especially with Nico Kovac going to Bayern, that has kind of dried up the market a little bit. But then I was thinking, you know, you have you have people like Wenger. I don't know, maybe Ethan, you think differently, but I I don't think RB Leipzig at this point is a good destination for Wenger. I would love to be proved wrong, but I think Wenger's stature doesn't really fit RB Leipzig, which isn't really a slam against them. It's just Wenger is a legendary figure in the coaching world. I mean, honestly, he was on... I don't know how much Leipzig have to spend on a manager, but I think he was on something like $9 million a year yeah. at Arsenal. And if they can't afford that, I don't see him taking a, a cut when he could go somewhere like he was speculated to be at PSG. Not as a manager, but I mean, if he can get anywhere near his Arsenal salary, he's on a good, he's doing good. Yeah, that's that's quite fair. Uh, I was also thinking, where is Hasenhutl going? Because where he goes is actually potentially going to affect the availability of certain managers. I'm thinking of Lucien Favre currently at Nice. Of course, the speculation recently has been that Favre was in agreement with Dortmund to join them. But if Hasenhutl, well, not if, Hasenhutl has left RB Leipzig, if Hasenhutl is going to Dortmund, that means that Lucien Favre is actually free for the picking from Nice, because of course he won't be going to Dortmund in that case. And I think Favre from uh, OGC Nice presents a pretty darn good opportunity. He was successful in the Bundesliga previously and has done extremely well, especially with managing the egos at Nice. I'm, of course, naming Mario Balotelli here. And I think that would be really useful for a club like Leipzig who do have big names like uh, Timo Werner, Emil Forsberg, players that after this World Cup, if they're both sticking around, are going to have their egos with their heads so big that they won't be able to fit in the locker room. Yeah, I've also heard... um that Leonardo Jardim may be leaving Monaco, but would he end up at Arsenal? Like, yeah, I, that he would be. A, I think he'd be great, to be honest. Yeah, I think Jardim will be good anywhere he goes. Honestly, he's proven, especially at Monaco, some real uh, versatility in what he can do with spending high and spending low and developing talent. I would honestly really like to see something like where Jardim goes to Arsenal and Arsene Wenger goes back to Monaco. Just the football romantic inside me would really enjoy seeing something like that. I don't know how much there is to it, though, because, again, I don't know what Monaco can pay Wenger, but who knows? That would be something interesting from my perspective. I don't think, though, Jardim would go to Leipzig. And someone with Wenger's experience, I I don't know if he could push PSG off of the throne, but they did it. Uh, last season yeah they did it as recently as last year so there's a precedent there for sure uh and then there is the guy that i have come to the conclusion that i do want at leipzig and i think most people probably know by now marco rose the current head manager of another red bull club actually uh red bull salzburg (laughs) because of the difference between the austrian and german bundesliga they actually get to call themselves red bull salzburg as opposed to rosen ballsport uh, but, politics. but politics. we, yeah, politics is quite right. Uh, but he has only been in the job for a year, and before that, he had like a five-year break where he was like the assistant manager at uh, Red Bull Salzburg and all sorts of minor positions before actually taking the helm. But since he has taken the helm on July, I think it was July first of 2017, so he's really only been there for a season. Uh, I was looking up his stats on Transfermarkt. He has coached 60 games this season, which is a ridiculously big season. 
uh, and he has an average points of 2.26 or something like that, which is pretty damn good. I mean, it's the Austrian Bundesliga, but then when you look at bigger competitions like the Europa League that they were in, RB uh, Salzburg did extremely well getting to the semifinal and really pushing Olympic Marseille, who are currently at this time playing in the final against Atletico Madrid. Uh, and you look at the specific results they got, they actually did beat and draw against Monaco, or not Monaco, sorry, uh, Marseille in the group stage. Then they actually beat a Spanish opposition in the round of 16 in Real Sociedad. Uh, beating Spanish opposition, of course, something the German teams have historically struggled with. Uh, and then went on to beat Dortmund, which obviously the Bundesliga connection there is obvious, uh, before eventually losing to Marseille in the 116th minute after coming back from a 2-0 deficit. I mean, I feel like he almost, other than going to the final and playing against Atletico Madrid, Marco Rose has pretty much had a perfect season with Salzburg. Doesn't really get much better than that. I mean, other than the semi-final, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> So close, so close, yet. I mean, <laughs> so close indeed. Yeah, it just didn't happen, did it? Yeah. Uh, and of course, he would be familiar with the way that Red Bull likes things done. He's been in the system for a few years now. Uh, of course, only one year as a head coach, but he's at least familiar. And then the kicker, he was actually born in Leipzig, so he is a Leipzig boy himself. So I really gotta say, I would love to see Marco Rose join this club. Uh, I. <laughs> Remains to be seen whether or not it'll happen, but I feel like the higher-ups at Red Bull shouldn't be making a push for it, certainly. So, how would that work? Would he, would Leipzig have to pay out his contract, or would he, like... Because they're owned by the same people. Yeah. Is it like a... Is it like a do they just swap? Uh, it, well, I mean, obviously they don't have a manager at the minute, but yeah. how is that? If it's going to be anything like the transfer dealings that have been done previously um, between Salzburg and Leipzig, there would be a fee paid to Salzburg, but it would be like, I mean, considering the players that, you know, I mean, they got Nabi Keita from Salzburg and they paid like a ludicrously small amount for him. So Red Bull basically subsidizes the cost of transferring those players over from what I understand. Uh, I, I think it would probably be the same with Marco Rose if I had to take a stab in the dark. And this is on top of the fact that I'm sure there, especially with uh, Salzburg getting further than Leipzig in the Europa League, I'm sure there's going to be at least two or three players from Salzburg who are brought into Leipzig. So we could see wholesale changes at Leipzig where basically you're integrating a significant portion of the Salzburg team, which I personally don't think is too bad a strategy. I mean, they've the Salzburg team have proven themselves. Might as well bed them in in a bigger league. Yeah. And Leipzig, have, we've seen that I th they just couldn't keep up with Europe. Uh, they had yeah. the extra games, and they came second last season. Yeah. Uh, this season they struggled. I think they've got like twelve points different from last season uh, to this season. Yeah. So Europe seems to have really damaged their um, league form, which. If Salzburg can keep up with, why not bring in players if they can do it? Yeah. Extra depth, extra depth is always nice. That was actually also one of the things that Hasenhutl himself had been talking about for a while. He was aware of the fact that he wasn't uh, able at that time to perform in European competition and the Bundesliga. He was, you know, admitting, he was self-aware of the fact that he had kind of fallen short in that. And before he left, it kind of seemed like he was going to try to use it as a teaching lesson and kind of grow from it. But of course, he's decided to go in a different direction. And it's going to be interesting to see where he goes to, say the least. 
I mean, I saw they were talking like Everton's vacant now, but Ooh, yeah. honestly, I don't, that seems like a step down. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Premier League; it's my favourite league. But honestly, I think Everton this season have been. I mean, they're just not. They haven't been entertaining. Obviously, they had Sam Allardyce in, <laughs> but but I I think it's a step down for him. I don't want to try and pronounce his name. <laughs> That's all right. I'll I'll do all of that. <laughs> I, yeah. I there's been some speculation at least on Twitter which I mean has no credibility whatsoever uh but of him going to Arsenal which I don't know how I feel about that because if he was struggling with a European competition and the league when he's playing in the Bundesliga the Premier League's going to tear him apart. I mean their league um, is longer and they don't have a winter break. I've seen the 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 front runner what the bookies are putting the odds on are is Mikel Arteta. Oh god! And I don't know what I think of that either. I've not, <laughs> he's been assistant to to Pep, which obviously gives you some good experience. But I don't know if he can do what Jose Mourinho did and just come out as an assistant manager and just blitz the league, especially with the the team Arsenal have got at the minute and the budget that the board have given them. I don't think. Yeah, I think Arsenal's are in a pretty. I don't want to say bad way because they've got good players, but. They're not near what they were 10 yeah. years ago. And they don't seem to be moving forward. They seem to be yeah. slipping and falling back, if anything. So if he goes there and doesn't do well, will that harm his future options, yeah. possibly? It seems like he has kind of gotten out of Leipzig with his reputation intact. I mean, the whole thing of it being like a mutual agreement between RB and Hasenhudel himself has kind of protected his reputation. It sounded like he was more the one who wanted to leave rather than Leipzig were trying to sack him, so he seems to have recovered with his reputation, but you're right in saying that another failed experiment could damage his reputation. Yeah, once you've done it twice in a, in, a, in two jobs, well, I don't know how you're going to come back from that personally, but if he goes there and succeeds, whew, that'd be pretty good to put on your CV. And of course, the other big news out of Leipzig recently, well, it's been big news for a few months now, uh, Nabi Keita, the Ghanaian, I believe is the denominator for that country, uh, the Ghanaian central midfielder is on his way to Liverpool for a fee of around 65 million euros, I believe it ended up being uh, after Europa League qualification for Leipzig. Uh, of course, Ethan here is a Liverpool fan, that's one of the main reasons we got him on today. Ethan, the main thing I want to know regarding Naby Keita, because I don't watch a ton of Liverpool, Southampton is my uh, my poison chalice of preference when it comes to the <laughs> Premier League, so I don't watch a ton of Liverpool, uh, but where is Naby Keita actually going to play in that team, who are of course in the Champions League final this weekend? Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, pretty impressive, eh? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Emre Chan, um, he's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to be here. And he's going to leave on a free to uh, Juve. I don't blame him, to be honest. Juve have that pulling power. Yeah. But I think he slots into that midfield perfectly. We've got Henderson sort of sitting back, defending a bit. Uh, and he's a re. I mean, he seems like a really like attack-minded, get forward, put pressure on. That sort of. I'd say like Oxley Chamberlain, how he's been playing this season. Obviously, out with that horrific injury, but. We move on. Um, he's got 10 goals this season, I mean, in all competitions. Yeah. So he's definitely not going to be playing like uh, N'Golo Conte at Chelsea. He's going to be playing more advanced. But, I mean, 
what's what's a Klopp system without just pressing? That's um, true. Yeah, I think he's. I don't know if he's a perfect fit. I think there could have been a few other players I would have picked before him, but I mean, I haven't seen him play yet. He could he could come in and do what Salah's done. I was skeptical of him at first. I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was as good as he is. So. He's got a season to prove how good, and that 65 million euro, he's got to prove now why he's worth that. Yeah. And are you, he has had some pretty bad uh, behavioral problems at Leipzig. I think this year alone he had four red cards, which I I have no backing for this statistic, but just taking a shot in the dark, I'm sure, is one of the worst in the Bundesliga. Are you concerned with his reputation for a little bit of that kind of play? Do you think Klopp can hold him down? I'm very much worried about that. If you watch Liverpool, as soon as we get to like the 75th, 80th minute, we tire. And if Cater loses his head and gets a red, we are really not in, in a good way. And especially if we're playing Champions League and Premier League and FA Cup, all that in one season, we need to have our top players in the team week in, week out. And if he's going to get red cards, I think, yeah, four red cards this season, if he's going to do that here, I mean, that's just opening a, a door to lost points, and I don't, I don't particularly agree with losing points because one of your players is <laughs> a, a, a temper, has a bit of a temper. So Klopp's got a plan. There's, it's obvious. Everyone he signs, there's a reason for it, and I think he's going to be able to tame him. And I think we've got a good player on our hands. I don't know. His stats are good from this season. 80% forward passing. I mean, in itself, that's what Klopp wants. So why not? I think he'll be a good signing. Yeah. I think, especially, you know, watching those games against Roma in the first leg and Manchester City in the first leg, we saw that Liverpool do like to break quickly out of the midfield with those forward passes. So if they're going to stick and with the same philosophy... Pace. His dribbling as well, I don't know if there are any stats to back this up, but his dribbling is quite exceptional, especially for the kind of midfielder that most people think he is. He's quite good at dribbling going forward. Well, I mean, our whole game plan, like you said, is breaking. Yeah. And if you've got Keita uh, and either Ox or Wijnaldum on either side and then Hendo in the middle, look at the, the pace you've got in your two <laughs> midfielders. Yeah. And then on to Sal uh, Salah and Mane, I mean, it's it's incredible. I think we'll catch a lot of teams off off balance, which we did against Roma. It was literally you watch it; it was just get it. Either wing backs, midfield. I think it was mainly the wing backs in that game, but you just chuck it over the top to the front three, and then they do the rest, and it's happy days. So, especially with the sort of team he's coming into, we're in the final of Champions League. We're fourth in the Premier League. We sort of slipped on that a bit at the end, but you know, uh, he's got a lot to prove and especially with Ox at the start of the season because he didn't find his feet straight away. He was on the bench a lot and he's that sort of player to me that's going to start issues in the back room if he isn't playing. But so in yeah. my opinion he's got he's got to hit the ground running and he's got to show that he's class in the first few weeks of the new season otherwise I think he could be an issue. Yeah, I think that's probably fair especially, you know, he definitely perceives himself as a very good player, and if his playing time isn't reflecting that, it could cause problems. Now that you mention it, that is a quite a good point. Um, Leipzig themselves are actually faced with a big problem because of his leaving, of course. Uh, they yes. do currently have Kevin Campbell, who is quite similar to Nabi Keita in that he's a 
quite good box-to-box -box midfielder, obviously not as good as Keita himself. But the question has presented itself to Ralph Rangnick of who is going to be coming in to replace Nebi Keita. They're very big shoes to fill. Um, I personally, I don't know how much you know about this player because even I have a fairly limited knowledge of him. Uh, there is a Mainz midfielder by the name of Jean-Philippe Gabama. I believe that's how you pronounce it, G-B-A-M-I-N, something of that effect. Very Afro-French name, so I'm not not particularly versed with it. Um, <laughs> I'll sit this one out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he has been, according to SI, he's been attracting an uh, interest from pretty much all of the big clubs in the top five leagues. Uh, specifically, Schalke were named on that occasion, and Schalke did finish second in the Bundesliga this year, so that's no laughing matter like it used to be in seasons previous. Uh, I think... I think the figure was something like sixty million was what Mainz were quoted as wanting for well, Gabelman. Let me. I mean, Seri for Nice. Yeah, that's he's true. Got, yeah, he's got Arsenal chasing him, uh, but I think they said they want forty-five million on the news earlier. But I mean, they're getting what sixty-five for Cater. Yeah, and they want sixty for Mainz guys. Mainz guy. <laughs> I think Sari, especially if Arsenal are coming after him again, then you know the money that Arsenal could give him is probably just as good, if not better, than Leipzig's. And of course, Arsenal currently does have a better reputation than Leipzig, especially with the Leipzig only, missing out on Champions League this year. So, the only saving grace I think Leipzig would have with that is that the uh, owners of Arsenal have said fifty million budget, and Ooh, if really? Leipzig can come in with, I mean, even fifty-one million just a bit higher than what Arsenal can bid. I think in today's market, you offer more money, you get what you want, don't you? So I think they could get him. It's just whether or not they find someone else. Yeah. Which, like you're saying, this might play Gaban? Gabaman? Gabaman. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if he's more of a cater play type player than Seri is, which he I mean, I don't know, but there you go. You got your answer. But if big teams are going for him and all this, it's going to be difficult for them. I mean, <sighs> I'm glad we've got Cater, but it does leave Leipzig in a pretty awkward. They haven't got enough depth. Yeah, is and now they've lost. I'd say their best player. You might think uh, Werner is. Yeah, I think my Germany bias says Werner, but I, I get where you're coming yeah. from. <laughs> He scored, I think, Werner, was it 11 goals in the league this year? Uh, I, Werner. I and can't he's, remember what, off the top 20, of my head. 20? 21? Yeah. Like he's really I mean, young. the provisional Germany squad was just announced, and just looking at that, obviously, Werner is in the squad. and oh, I think he's got to be. Well, yeah, I think and based on the other options that Germany has at striker, they decided not to take Sandro Wagner, which was a little bit controversial. But based on the other options, it looks like Werner is going to be Germany's starter this summer, so that's yeah, definitely I big. The only thing Wagner doesn't have is the pace. And the youthful <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of just, you know, stand yeah. in the six-yard line and like get your Giroud. head on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. German Giroud. But he's proved that lethal uh, for Arsenal and now Chelsea. Especially against Liverpool, and that was depressing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Werner's got to be with Muller behind. M Muller's, I mean, I've never really thought he's that like world class player, but he is so consistent. I mean, most you you put him in a team, he's gonna do something. He's not he's not like um, Massa Özil who's gonna go missing in some games. Yeah, he sort of seems. I don't I haven't seen 
loads of him, you may know more, but he seems like he's always on, he's always there to play, he's gonna put in a shift no matter where you put him. Yeah, he kind of fits into just about any team, so... Going back to Gabamon, I think, honestly, that if Leipzig tried to unsettle him, or even just if Mainz, you know, become a little bit more reasonable, I suppose, they could probably pry him away for, you know, 25, 30 million. I mean, his, like, market listing on Transfermarkt, which, again, is more reliable than some sources, but is still a, you know, outsider's interpretation of a value, is only 15 million. Uh, I say only 15 million, that's still quite a fair bit for a 22-year-old uh, player who plays for a relegation-threatened club. Uh, but I imagine that Leipzig could probably pry him away for, you know, anywhere in the region of 25 million. Um, Talking about relegation, Wolfsburg, do they, have yeah, they got Arnold, they've got Arnold, right? So if they get uh, relegated... Maybe. I mean, I saw one free kick that he took. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Arnold, though, Mac Maximilian Arnold is the kind of player who would be good backup if they could get, like, so if they could get Gabamon or Sari for that matter, I think Gabamon is probably the better choice personally just because he's familiar with the Bundesliga. Um, but if they could get Gabamon and then get Maxi Arnold, because I imagine Arnold has some sort of relegation release clause or something of that effect. Um, that would be tremendous because then you'd have Arnold as backup. But I think Arnold on his own, if your starting midfield is Kevin Campbell and Maximilian Arnold, you're going to get destroyed defensively. Yeah. What do you think about Sabitzer? Do you think Arnold is a sort of backup to Sabitzer or do you think you uh, can overtake him? No, Sabitzer is more of like, he's almost a winger. He's a very attacking, like, attack minded player, I'd suppose. Yeah. It was just a suggestion because they're going. They're they're looking more and more like they might go down. So to have that sort of, I wouldn't want to say the talisman of Wolfsburg, but he's one of their better players. It was could be a shot in the dark. You could take a if you can get him on the cheap. It might not be a bad option. Honestly, if I was Leipzig, I'd be more interested in uh, Daniel Dadavi from Wolfsburg if they go down. Because yeah. well, if we're talking about attack-minded players, that is because he is. He's one of the only Wolfsburg players who shows up consistently despite all these relegation scares. Well, that's what you need, isn't it? Um, in the, in the position Leipzig are at, they need like a young, consistent, just that like like Cater. They bring them in cheap, build them up, sell them high, and you repeat that until you either become I don't know I don't know if they could ever become like Bayern, uh, but challenging that sort of area of the table yeah, like they were last year yeah like last year i mean phew, i don't think anyone could take their eyes off of them they, they were they were playing since yeah football i mean there's no they doubt i mean really the well. first half of that season was the most exciting i've most excited i've been about the bundesliga in years yeah. i like to check every now and then what what's happening with the leagues that sort of thing and then to see leipzig just being promoted to be second that's I mean I don't think any other top flight team have ever done that maybe Leicester because they won the league but yeah it's rare that a team gets promoted and they're instantly going for the top half of the table well, not the top half the top four yeah the top echelons of the table yeah that's that's ridiculous progress yeah. especially because they had I think like a lot of their starting team were the team they used in the yeah, they were the second league. Bundesliga team. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, fucking, then, that's amazing. 
Yusuf Poulsen uh, has played everywhere from the third Bundesliga to the second Bundesliga to the first to the Europa League to the Champions League. He's played all the way from the third Bundesliga to the Champions League, and he's very good. So they kind of loaded yeah. up their squad while they were in the second Bundesliga. I think they what they've done was very smart. Yeah. They, oh they well, for sure. Salzburg, they've got their their core group of players, and if they can just be savvy minded in the transfer window, I think. There's no reason they can't get top four consistently, especially with I'm not I'm not gonna say state of Dortmund, but they're in like they're, they yeah. seem to really be falling off. They're having a bit of an identity crisis, yeah. and I know uh, I was listening. Tuchel's just gone. Yeah, I was listening to the Tribuna podcast earlier this morning when I was at work, and they brought up a very good point that uh, Dortmund seem to be the kind of club where their fans want them to have the same identity uh, in terms of playing style that they did when Klopp was there. Very high press, very attack, attack, attack. But that just simply doesn't work in the Bundesliga these days because every other team does that and knows how to counter it. Cause I think more that once you get used, because they had Aubameyang when Royce was fully fit, Goethe before he left to uh, Munich and arguably ruined his career. Yeah. He's still good, but when you when you have that and you got to the final of the Champions League I think they won the Bundesliga at one point. Yeah, they won it two years in a row yeah. and I think But like once you have that and you have that attacking threat and then you it's like now if Liverpool went and we got Sam Allardyce in and he just sat back and defended for ninety minutes. Yeah. I wouldn't like that either. So I'd be having an identity crisis, like you're saying, if that happened. Because they'd want to see what they're like, well, five years ago we were here and now we're here why has that happened? Why yeah. don't we just go back to how we were? Because then we can win. I know it's not that simple, but that's like the the outline of, I think, what the fans want. But they yeah. just they just haven't made the right appointment. And I think that's a good way of bringing it back to Leipzig. Actually, you know, all of these clubs that are doing these things, you have your Dortmunds who are flailing, looking for identity. Uh, Dort or not Dortmund, pardon Leipzig. They have their identity, and their identity is results. It doesn't matter how you get those results. Yes, they're playing nice counterattacking, uh, high pressing football along the way, but Leipzig, especially I think the board, the fans less so maybe, are more concerned about the results than the football that is being played. As long as you can get those results, it doesn't matter how you get them. And I think that's where Leipzig is getting a lot of stuff right that a lot of other Bundesliga teams are getting wrong in all honesty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, potential Dortmund manager? That's very true. Hasenhutl, I mean, it'd be interesting to see him there. It just seems weird to me that he has left Leipzig after talking about not being able to overcome the challenge of a European campaign and a league campaign. It seems weird that he has kind of He's left, and I really don't think he's going to take a step down or anything like that. I imagine he's going to go to a European club. So it's interesting that he's kind of jumped ship before really learning his lesson, in my opinion. Yeah, especially if you've got that contract 2019, that's only one more season. Yeah, just take the learning experience. Yeah, you could, I mean, for all we know, they could have won it. Yeah, that's true. It's one year. If you make the right signings, why not? If it, it, I go back to Leicester, if they can win the league, why can't Leipzig cause an upset? I think Although that's... Munich this year were extremely dominant. Well, extremely dominant. I don't think they were as dominant in years past. Points but... wise, 
well, yeah. Schalke didn't have a chance. I think that's more down to the rest of the Bundesliga. This was a very average year for the Bundesliga, in my opinion. I think next year, I think this is a good place to end it as well, because I think next year, Leipzig, Schalke, if Dortmund can get it the right manager, then Dortmund as well. I think this could be the first year in many years that we actual have a two- or three-way run for the actual title. I think that's a good place to leave Leipzig it on, a message of hope. <laughs> There's hope. <laughs> There's hope at the end of the red tunnel. You've got a lot of money coming from the best European club ever to oh, exist. Because that money, <laughs> that money really helped Southampton, right? <laughs> I mean, they haven't even spent it. That's why like, they spent it on Guido Carrillo, who's scored zero <laughs> goals. <laughs> has he played? Has he played more than five games uh, yet? I don't even know. They've got Gabbiadini. They're all good. I hope you guys have enjoyed this inaugural episode of the Can of Leipzig podcast. We will be back shortly after Germany's friendlies in the lead-up to the World Cup. We are going to be doing coverage of Germany, in particular Timo Werner, uh, before and during the World Cup. With that said, I've been Kai. You can find me and the pod at Can of Leipzig. Signing off for Ethan, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week.